Hello and welcome to the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, K-beauty expert, long-term resident of Seoul, South Korea, and your guide to the world of Korean beauty. I am very happy to have you here with me for another week. Uh, The sponsors of today's episode are, of course, Style Story, where you can shop, learn, and explore the world of Korean skincare all from the comfort of your own home at stylestory.com.au. And I must say, as the weather is getting cooler and cooler over here, at home is where I am enjoying being, or at least out of the cool. Uh, The temperature has really kind of dropped down. There is a definite chill in the air. I have already come down with my first cold of the season, uh, which really knocked me out for a couple of days. Uh, my, My my daughter brought that one home, so I wasn't too happy about that. But um, I was out of action for a couple of days at the beginning of the week. So you will have to excuse me if my voice, if I still sound a little bit congested. I feel better, but I do kind of have uh, a bit of squeakiness, a bit of just congestion still hanging around in my voice. So I apologize in advance if you do pick up on any of that. Uh What can I say? It is that time of year again. I just can't believe that even wearing masks, this kind of stuff is still (laughs) able to circulate around. I thought that was the whole point, Uh, but evidently no. Uh, So I I feel like I haven't had uh, a cold, a head cold for a couple of years. So uh, I'm just experiencing all the joys at the moment. Look, let us jump straight into the news headlines because there was a whole lot of different things in the headlines this week, a little bit all over the shop in terms of like a theme or whatnot. The first thing I saw was that LG Household and Healthcare has produced an eco-friendly cosmetic container and it's made from 100% pure waste plastic, something called a pyrolysis oil. Uh, And that was something that I had to basically go away and Google because I was like, I don't know if I've ever heard of that before. I'm not sure if that's just a funky translation from Korean into English, but no, that apparently is what it is. Uh, So essentially waste plastic pyrolysis oil is an oil made by heating plastic waste. And apparently this kind of waste is difficult to recycle cycle. Uh, So what they're doing is they're using things like vinyl uh, and composite materials. So made of a couple of different things. They put them at a high temperature, 300 degrees up to 500 degrees in an anaerobic state. Uh, And what they were saying is that this actually has a greenhouse gas reduction effect that's really good uh, because they're not incinerating waste plastic and then using it as again as a raw material. So this is a bit of a different method. Uh, And previously, it was actually quite difficult to use this kind of waste plastic pyrolysis oil as a raw material because of the amount of impurities in it. But what they've been trying to do, LG has gone away. They've done a lot of work on this, apparently, and they found a way to produce it 
remove the impurities uh, and do it, you know, in a safe way that you can actually then use them as cosmetic containers at the end of the process. Uh, they're using something called a sandbox system, uh, not something I'm familiar with. Obviously, this is uh, a very, I would imagine, complicated area uh, of waste management and reproduction and things like that. And I am not au fait at all <laughs> with any of this, uh, but it sounds fascinating uh, and it's actually actually something that they are doing in uh, conjunction with a couple of the other really big Korean conglomerates. So they're working together with Hyundai Chemical and also Lotte Chemical as well. Uh, so I think this is really exciting. They are talking about mass producing this from January next year. So they're undertaking safety evaluations at the moment to basically confirm the, the absence of harmful substances in the, these eco friendly plastic products. Uh, but this has been a topic we've been talking about this year. Uh, I know we had a question of the week earlier in the year of someone that was asking, you know, more for more details about what's being done uh, and brands and things like that. So uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the year that all of this was still sort of in its infancy, but I'm really happy to say that throughout the course of this year, I think we've done multiple updates on various different companies that are doing different things in the industry towards more eco-friendly uh, plastic options, uh, reusing waste materials and whatnot. So that was one of them. Uh, and it sounds like that's going mainstream from as soon as next year. So watch this space. Uh, but that is really, really exciting. It sounds like they've put a lot of work into this uh, because it was previously something that was thought couldn't really be used in this way. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. I was happy to see that in the headlines. Uh, and the next one that I came across is another continuation of a theme that I feel like we've been talking about this year, and that is the digital transformation of the beauty industry. Uh, and you might recall a couple of weeks ago, I sat down and had a chat with uh, Sarah Chung from Landing International. Uh, and this was one of the things that she was talking about where she sees the future of the beauty industry going. And what do you know, uh, I came across a roundup basically of a lot of different things that brands and companies are doing to digitally transform their business and the moves that they are making online at the moment to innovate. Uh, and obviously this has been spurred on in part by the pandemic. I think that goes without saying. A lot of companies, you had to rethink the way they've been doing things when they couldn't access their customers in the same way because they were either locked down, locked out of the country, or just staying at home to be safe. Uh, so lots of different things being done. Uh, Obviously, uh, I think a lot of stores, not just in Korea, but in other countries as well, have launched things like virtual assistants or like a virtual beauty counter so that rather than going in store to have your colors matched or to experience new makeup, you can actually do this 
either online or in an app. Uh, so that is a big uh, trend for the digitalization of the beauty industry, it seems. Other things that some companies are doing are using the data, so the skin diagnoses data that they have pulled from all of their customers over the lifetime of them shopping at a particular place, of them buying from a business, uh, and their makeup history and all of that. And they have combined that to then provide them with customized services. So either beauty counseling, product proposals, all of that using their previous purchase data or things that they have inputted into the system. So, you know, I'm, I'm assuming what they mean is, you know, sometimes when you go onto a website and it will say, you know, what uh, skin type do you have? What age bracket? What are your main you know, concerns for your skin? Things like that. And then they use that to actually provide you with suggested products. I mean, we have uh, a simple-ish version of this on our website. We've got like a beauty quiz uh, where we ask a series of questions and then match you with your perfect K-beauty product based on that. So I think this is being done on lots of different levels with a lot of different products, not just skincare but makeup as well the other one that I thought was really fascinating is that some companies and stores are using heat maps uh, that basically tracks you know if you've ever seen like a heat map uh, or even like a heat uh, scan or whatnot at, at an airport that like shows you everyone sort of moving through you can use the same thing on your websites and also in your stores to show you where people go the most where they click the most where they you know visit where they spend the most time looking at things and stores are actually using that to decide what to put where and how to place things in their store so that the right eyes see it so all of these kind of things are being done by the industry uh, and you know the the headlines was sort of talking about the different strategies that companies are using to roll out all of this kind of stuff uh, so it's pretty cool it makes it a lot more intuitive I think as a shopper uh, you know if you are wandering around trying to look for things and particularly you know if you have already input your preferences for your skin not having to do that a million times and just being automatically served with things that are uh, perfect for you it just takes out a lot of the guesswork so that is another growth area of the industry and I think we're just going to see more and more of that as the technology becomes a little bit more democratized potentially at the moment a lot of this stuff because it's expensive the companies that have invested into it are you know bigger companies that can afford to do all of this stuff uh, whereas the smaller to medium-sized businesses just don't have the revenue the resources available so hopefully as this becomes more mainstream it it will be a lot easier for a lot of different companies to access it as well. Now, the other thing that everyone is obviously talking about here at the moment, it being autumn or fall, is uh, the key trends in skincare makeup for autumn. And this this year, it seems that the big one is the concept of inside moisture or moisture from within. Uh, so I know we've we've already mentioned that one of the reasons that this period can be a bit brutal on our skin, and that's whether you're going into autumn or going into summer as well, by the way, just in case you were like, eh, this isn't relevant to me. 
Any time of the year that there is a sharp drop in temperature or a big variation between morning and evening can make your skin more sensitive. Uh, It can disrupt the skin's barrier and it's just easier for the skin to leak moisture, basically, for your moisture to leave the skin. So the skin becomes dry, the stratum corneum of your skin can also become damaged uh, and that will see often an accumulation of things like dead skin cells and you can actually see that, you know, on your face, the white flaking sort of bits. So the big thing that everyone here at the moment is talking about is inside moisturizing items. So basically products that can prevent moisture loss in the skin, things that can improve broken skin barriers. Uh, They are the must-have items at the moment. Uh, Anything that will do away with chronic dryness, tightening of the skin, products that supply deep moisture. Uh, So obviously plenty of different moisturizers, oils, hydrators on the market. And not all of them are new products either. You know, a lot of these are products that have been on the market for years. But that is the truth trend that people are talking about and I'm going to go into a little bit more detail about this on Thursday's episode and do a little bit of a deep dive at one way that we can really help to seal in all of that moisture in our skin. Uh, But I had an interesting question of the week come through from one of my followers on Instagram and Hillary was asking, I think she mentioned that her mother-in-law was going to be visiting Korea and she's from the States, and she was asking, what K-beauty products should I shop in Korea that we can't get in the States? And I I said to her, oh, this is actually a little bit of a tricky one because the States at the moment is just spoiled for choice. I really don't know that there there would be much that you can't get your hands on from Korea in America at the moment. I just feel like it's pretty, uh, there's a pretty free flow of stuff coming through. But what I did say was potentially if you're into luxury skincare, there would be maybe some of the more luxury brands here that are not as accessible in the States. Not that you couldn't get your hands on them at all, but maybe they're just not as easy to get. Uh, So if you're into luxury skincare, that might be one thing to look out for. The other thing I can think of is maybe a wider selection of makeup uh, you will find here from certain brands. Now, when I say makeup, I don't mean color selection. Unfortunately, that is just not a thing if you're looking for really dark shades or even, you know, medium shades. Like, let's be honest, Korea runs ridiculously pale for nearly all of the brands. They just do not have the shade variations that you will be used to seeing in the States. But what they will have is uh, a bigger selection of eye palettes, uh, cheek palettes and things like that than you might be able to get your hands on in the States. Uh, So some of the the trending brands at the moment uh, might not be trending in the States yet. There's a lot of new makeup brands coming out all the time uh, over here. Vegan makeup. Makeup, I think I've spoken about that, is a popular one. So some popular brand names are Unleashia, Romand, Age 20s. They're all very popular here at the moment. You might be able to get more products here than you can in the States. And the only other thing would be like the dermatologist brands. Uh, so brands that are sold at skin clinics uh, or by dermatologists. The thing with those ones 
is that they might be a little bit harder to get unless you actually go to a dermatologist's office. Now, that's not to say you can't buy them at all online uh, in Korea, but I don't know how accessible that would be if you were searching in English. Uh, So they're just off the top of my head, you know, some things that you might not as easily be able to get in the States um, as you can here. But I think really a lot of brands, if you're searching for them, you probably will be able to find them somewhere. There might be a markup on them. Uh, I guess if you had something in mind in particular, a particular brand or product you were looking for, that might be a little bit easier. Uh, but otherwise, in general, like I, I feel like it's a pretty free flow. Like the States has amazing access to things on uh, a lot of the marketplace platforms as well, way more so than other countries. So I think you guys are pretty spoiled for choice, but they would be some of the ones I can think off the top of my head you might be able to get slightly more of here. Uh, now on to our trending products of the week. Uh, and we had two new products enter the charts over on stylestory.com.au compared to last week. Uh, and they were Subi Perfect Pimple Patch and uh, Jellico Cinnamon Toast Sugar Scrub Foam. So pimple patch is obviously just always handy to have on hand. So I'm assuming that's why, I mean, that that's always the best seller but in terms of like the top three that can kind of change uh, back into the top of the charts this week as well as cinnamon toast sugar scrub foam so a lot of people have been really enjoying the smell of this uh, with the change of seasons saying that it's really really soothing uh, particularly people that love uh, cinnamon toast uh, cinnamon scrolls anything cinnamon related because it, it really does smell like cinnamon uh, and it's also just a, a good option for uh, doing a little bit of of light exfoliation too for the change of the seasons. If you are experiencing any of those flakiness and things like that, this is just a really gentle, nice way to help get rid of them. Uh, So they are the two new products that were on the top of the charts this week. We also had some new reviews. So the first one was a four-star review and this was for Subi Bare Skin Balm. And our reviewer said, love it. I like this. It's not my absolute favorite cleansing balm, but a lot better than some of the other high-end ones I've tried. And I've tried about six or seven. It removes makeup in the first cleanse and leaves skin feeling lovely. I have dry skin and it doesn't feel tight at all afterwards. Uh, So thank you very much for sharing your uh, review. So someone that is a fan of some luxury uh, cleansing balms. There you go. We've also had... uh, a five-star review for Jellico Bubble Tea Steam Cream and our reviewer said love this cream I have just purchased my second jar I have dry skin and this is so good under my makeup it soaks in and my makeup stays on all day nice smell as well so thank you to everyone that did leave their product review guys I would love for you to do the same when you are stocking up on your favorite skincare let people know what you're using, how you're using it, uh, any anything that makes it an easier choice for people to know whether it's going to be right or wrong for them is super, super helpful. Uh, I'm a massive fan of reading reviews as well. So, uh, And we do also offer you 
rewards points in in exchange for your reviews as well. We don't dictate. You can literally say whatever you want uh, about the product, but we will give you points anyway, even if you hated it. Uh, So there you go. Go and get on and leave your reviews if you haven't done that already. We also had a new review for the show, for the podcast. Uh, And our reviewer said, perfect snippet of weekly beauty. I could listen to Lauren talk about skincare and Korean trends for hours. And I have since I recently became a listener only a few weeks ago and wanted to catch up on episodes. Uh, Lauren has been my companion while doing chores and things around the house so I can hyperfixate on beauty 24-7. I love how to the point she is fitting many segments into each episode which makes listening easy and fun. Thank you very much. I am glad to hear I am uh, accompanying you on doing some of the more boring things around the house. I must say I am always listening to a podcast when I'm doing like folding or washing or things like that. Anything that's just monotonous or mundane, I'm like, oh gosh, if I have a podcast, it's fine. Uh, So thank you very much. If you haven't already left your review for the show, I would love to read it out. I'd love to see it. Uh, So please do feel free to share it as well. I would uh, love to see it there. Now, finally, for this week's recommendation of the week, I have something a little bit uh, out of left field in that it is not really beauty related at all, but I have really been enjoying watching a lot of the Korean figure skaters. So I uh, skated as a kid. I am a skater. Uh, If you didn't already know that about me, uh, figure skating is something that I have loved since I was little. And there is a really amazing uh, group, I think, of young athletes coming up at the moment in Korean figure skating. Uh, The Junior Grand Prix have been being held around Europe at the moment. Uh, And we actually, my whole family has been sitting down to watch them because they're just so good. So I wanted to share some of the really, really talented, and they're young too. These are very young kids. Like some of them are 13, 14, 15, uh, and they're just doing so well. Korea uh, is still, I guess, a relatively up and coming, um, you know, part of the figure skating world. Yona Kim was uh, the Olympic champion about, you know, a decade or so back. And that's when it really sort of came into the national conscience here. But there are some really, really talented skaters at the moment. Uh, so I wanted to share a couple of them. Jia Shin is one of my favorite junior skaters at the moment. She skates absolutely beautifully. So I'll share a link to uh, to her. Another young girl is Cheon Kim. And she actually uh, medaled at a couple of the uh, events as well. And there's also a really lovely pairs skating team of Hannah Lim and Ye Kwan, who I believe is actually Vietnamese or at least American, Canadian Vietnamese or American Vietnamese. I can't remember, but they are a team competing for Korea uh, and they have some really, really fun programs, very artistic, very beautiful. Uh, So if you're into anything like ballet or gymnastics or whatnot, you might enjoy that. But I just thought I would share 
share something just a little bit different. But um, yeah, Korea has just so many beautiful skaters. And as someone coming from a country where we just don't really have that many people skating, it's so nice to see how passionate they are and how much support they get. Uh, so I think it's, yeah, I just thought I would share that in case anyone is interested. I mean, we're getting into that kind of weather where, you know, there's some outdoor rinks in some countries, which I've always been super, super jealous of. I, when I was in New York last year, I took my skates to one of the outdoor rinks and skated in Central Park. So I was like, this is just so cool. That is definitely not something we can do back in um, Australia. Uh, and even in here in Korea, the skating outdoor rinks have been closed for the last couple of years with COVID. So maybe they will open them up again, but they tend to be really, really packed. Uh, you tend to not be able to move. It's a bit like sardines sort of shuffling around the rink. Anyway, I digress. Look, I will be back on Thursday. And as I mentioned, I'm going to be doing a deep dive into some of the ways that we can really hit our skin with additional moisture, seal everything in going into the change of seasons. And also for those of us that are going into the the cooler months of the year as well. So make sure that you are subscribed so that you don't miss out on that when it drops. And in the meantime, I will see you on Style Story.